message is part of the media ministry of Cornerstone Church. You can listen to this and other messages on our website at www.corner-stone.org or by subscribing to our podcast. Well, it is uh, great for me to, to be here, to be at Cornerstone this morning. My wife, Jennifer, is here. And also our seven-year-old is, is back in, in the kids' area. Her name's Jessie. And so uh, we also have uh, two older kids, an 18-year-old son and a 16-year-old daughter. Uh, my 16-year-old's hoping to get her driver's license on Tuesday. So if you guys are ever in the Grace and Loganville area and you see an older model Camry coming your way, you might want to be careful, okay, because that's my daughter. We were practicing some parallel parking yesterday, and it was just a tremendous bonding experience between... <laughs> Between father and daughter, those of you who've been there before know uh, what I'm talking about. So, uh, great to be here. Uh, your founding pastor, Daryl, and I went to seminary together. We're both church planters. Uh, our church, Greystone Church, started uh, about a year ahead of Cornerstone. We just had our 10-year anniversary last year in 2014. And so Daryl and I kind of walked through these steps together of, of planning a church and pastoring a church, and we've been... Uh, encouragement to each other uh, throughout the years. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And so I appreciate you as a church family ministering to Daryl and his boys and taking care of them through through really an incredibly difficult uh, year. And none of us can understand or relate to what what he's going through. But we're praying for him. I'm excited about his, his next season of life, his next season of ministry. Our church is helping support him in this cause uh, he, he's hoping to write a book and, and share his story and, and impacting other uh, pastors and pastors' wives. And, and so I'm excited about Cornerstone. I, I think you guys are at a great position of life and ministry as you set the direction of the church and where God takes you from here. Now, I truly believe the best is yet to come for Cornerstone Church. And uh, I've been praying that the words I have to share with you uh, this morning are going to not only challenge you, but, but to encourage you uh, as well as you set the direction of the future of the church. Uh, there are basically two types of churches in the world. There are the keepers of the aquarium churches, and there are the fishers of men and women churches. Now let, let me explain. Keepers of the aquarium churches are churches uh, over time get inwardly focused, get focused on taking care of the aquarium. Let's keep our aquarium clean. Let's keep our aquarium safe. Uh, let's keep our fish fat and happy. So we're a fat, happy fish keeping our aquarium. And every church has the tendency to drift towards being a keepers of the aquarium a church. Churches don't start all out that way, but it's so easy for us to drift into being keepers of the aquarium churches. All churches uh, struggle with this. Uh, our church, Raystone Church, we started well over 10 years ago. Uh, we began in, in a warehouse. We renovated an, an old warehouse uh, Chris actually built the wall. Actually, Adam and I hung sheetrock. Uh, we had this big wall right in the middle of the warehouse, 
And uh, we were always nervous every Sunday that it might fall and, and take people out because, because we were the ones who, who built this, this wall. And so uh, we had church in there, and one of the things we did, we started a sports camp. And it was our version of Vacation Bible School. It sounds like you guys are having Vacation Bible School coming up. This is our version of Vacation Bible School. And so inside this old warehouse, we had a batting cage. We had basketball courts. I mean, we, just, the kids just ran wild, went crazy. And it was really no big deal because we, we didn't own the building. We were, we were renting the building. And so things would get destroyed, and I'd call Chris, and he'd, he'd come fix them. And, uh, and so then we ended up buying land and, and building our first building. And it was this nice building, and everything was new. And so we had our very first sports camp in the new building. You know, hundreds, I'm talking hundreds of kids, like all over the place. We just clear out all the chairs out of the, out of the main auditorium. The kids come in there. And so, so they go out to do their sports, and they're playing. It had been raining, and it was muddy. And so they're all coming back in to the, to the main auditorium. And I remember one of the elders kind of stopping everybody. It's like, all right, we need to get all the kids to take their shoes off because we don't want to get mud on the new carpet. And it was, it was one of those, it wasn't a big deal at the time, but looking back on it, we kind of stood there and we kind of, you know what, we didn't do this in the warehouse. Like, let's just let them come in, let's get mud everywhere, and no big deal. We'll clean the carpets when it's over. But the tendency is, to move toward, oh, we've got, we've, got, we've got to keep this safe and keep this clean and be, be inwardly focused. But, but our mission was to reach the community and reaching all these kids for Christ. And let's not make a big deal about some mud being on the, on the carpets. And so, so you have the, the tendency to, to become a, a, a keeper of the aquarium church. But then you have the, the fishers of men, women, and children church. And these are the churches that are outwardly focused. These are the churches that are doing all that we can to reach our community for Jesus Christ. This is the type of church that our church, Greystone Church, is. We, we have tried really, really hard to stay outwardly focused. We have a little saying, we want to dominate our community with the love of Jesus Christ. We want to see every man, woman, and child in our community have an opportunity to come to know Jesus Christ personally. So that. That's, that's what we're passionate about. That's what we're all about. And that's my challenge to Cornerstone, is not to fall into the trap of being a keepers of the Aquarium Church. But as you set the new direction of the church, be outwardly focused and be a, a fisher of men church. Uh, the passage, I want to I share a few, a few passages with you this morning. Uh, Matthew 4.19, uh, Jesus, this is what Jesus says. He says, come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. So this is Jesus calling his first disciples. This is Peter and Andrew. They're fishermen. They're at the Sea of Galilee. They're, they're throwing their nets into the sea. This was their profession. This was their livelihood. This is, this is what they did. And Jesus comes to them and he says, follow me. You know, right now you're fishing for fish. I will teach you how to fish for, for men. And it says that once they left their nets and followed him. So Jesus says, if we're following him, he says, come and follow. If we're truly following him, then we will be fishers of men and fishers of women and fishers of children. You know, I talk to pastors all the time. I talk to pastors 
uh, in our community, pastors uh, all, all over the country. And there's, there's like this big debate. Uh, Greystone, we're very passionate about reaching people for Christ. So I'll talk to other pastors and they'll say, well, we're, we're not an evangelism church. We're a discipleship church. So then you get in these debates of, are you an evangelism church or are you a discipleship church? And, and for me, I don't, think it, I don't think it's either or. I think it's both and. You can be an evangelistic church reaching people for Christ and a discipleship-oriented church, helping people grow strong in the faith. And, that, and that's what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, come, follow me. As Christians, we're following Christ. That, that's the discipleship piece. We're following his example. We're becoming more like him. Uh, we're putting on the, the character qualities of Jesus Christ, the fruits of the Spirit. We're becoming more like him. We're walking closer to him. We want to get as close to him as we possibly can. So close to him that the dust from his sandals is, is, is caking our, our bodies with Christ. That people look at us and they see something very different about us. And that's Jesus Christ living inside of us. And so if we are walking with Christ and following him and growing to spiritual maturity, then we will be fishers of men. We will be fishers of women and fishers of uh, children. One of the things that, that really gets me excited is seeing someone's life changed for all eternity and the fact that, that we get to be a part of it. I don't know if you have ever experienced it. Of course, God does the changing. But for God to use me to change somebody else's life for all eternity, that someone's eternal destination is changed, and God used me to be a part of it. It is, it is so uh, exciting. And God wants to use every one of you to see at least one person's life changed for all eternity. And God wants to use Cornerstone Church to see hundreds of lives changed for all eternity eternity and once you god uses you to change someone's like it's almost like addictive it's like oh i want him to use me again at graystone church over the last 10 years we've seen close to a thousand people baptized at our church in 10 years that's two people a week for the last 10 years and we we have baptism services uh Last Sunday of the month, every, every, every month, we have a baptism service. And every time someone is baptized, and, and those of you from Greystone are going to laugh at me for this, but I get a tear in my eye. I mean, every time I see someone baptized, I, I'm moved. I'm moved. I get chills. And it's, and it's so exciting. It is so exciting to see someone's life changed for all eternity. And God wants to use you as a church, and God wants to use you as individuals to see lives changed for all eternity. I want to share with you about the mission of our church, Greystone Church. It's very simple. It's to know God and make God known. So we want to know God. We want to grow as close to Him as we possibly can, and we want to make Him known. This is the great commandment. This is the great 
Commission. Uh, the great commandment, uh, Mark chapter 12, uh, Jesus' disciples have been following him for a while, and one of the religious leaders comes to Jesus and he says, of, of all the, the commandments, which is the most important? And Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind and all of your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. These are the two greatest commandments. Jesus summed it all up. We're to, to love him and to love people. We are, we are to know him and make him known. It, it's both and. It's discipleship, growing close, closer to Christ as we possibly can, and being used by him to see other people's lives change for all Eternity. It doesn't have to be either or. It, it can be both and. At the end of Jesus' life and ministry, he's, he's already died on the cross. He's risen from the grave. He's appeared to over 500 people over the course of 40 days. Uh, he's on the mountaintop, and he's having his last words with his disciples. He's giving them the Great Commission. What does he say? Go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of age. It's evangelism. It's discipleship. Make disciples. Baptizing them into the church. And then teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. So, so it's, it's both and. It's knowing God and it is making God known. Now whatever God leads Cornerstone Church to do in this next season of ministry. I want to challenge you guys to commit to being a fisher of men, fisher of women, fisher of people church. That's what God has called you to be. A city on a hill reaching this community for Christ. I love how Jesus uses the, the fishing analogy. Uh, I grew up on the Mississippi Gulf Coast uh, down in Gulfport, Mississippi. Uh, my dad used to take me fishing all the time. Uh, love, love to go fishing, typically on Saturdays. Uh, we would get up really early on, on Saturday mornings. My dad would wake me up. We'd fix like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. We'd put the drinks in the, in the cooler. And we'd get, we had this uh, 14-foot fiberglass skiff boat, if you will. Uh, had a, had a, a 25 outboard motor on it. My dad still has it. I, I was in it Memorial Day uh, weekend. And so he'd back his truck up. We, we would load up, and we'd go down to Gulfport Harbor, and we, we would back the boat in. We would buy live shrimp to do our fishing. I started off with a Zebco. I don't know if you remember the old the Zebcos. And then I got an open face spinning reel. And my dad wouldn't let me use the Ambassador because I'd always get it tangled up like a big rat's nest. And he'd get frustrated with me. So I had the open face spinning reel. So we would go out into the, the Gulf and uh, live shrimp and a cork. And, you know, the waves are coming. I get seasick about half the time. But uh, we would catch speckled trout and white trout and redfish and flounder and just all these, you know, it's fun. So we, we would come home and my mom would cook trout amadine or my dad would do, you know, we'd fillet the fish and do a fish fry. Uh, grew up fishing. Well, north of my parents, about an hour and a half out in the country is where my grandparents lived. And my Paul, my grandpa, he worked at the paper mill uh, in Bogalusa for 25 years. But his dream was always to have land. And he wanted to have a piece of property that all the grandkids could come and hunt and fish. And, and so, you know, the only place he could afford land was like in the middle of nowhere. 
So they had 200 acres in the middle of nowhere. They had a little small, little you know, shotgun house. And my grandfather, he, he would you know, wake up real early every day, get home from work, and then he built a, a lake on this piece of property. I mean, it's a really nice lake. And uh, he stocks it with catfish. Now, now this, is, this is my kind of fishing. If you've never been to a catfish pond fishing, we used to call it fishing for meat, meat fishing. Like out in the Gulf, a little more sporting. <laughs> okay, this isn't, this isn't so sporting. Okay, so, so what would happen is we didn't have to get up early. Like you could sleep in, eat a big breakfast, hang out all day. So when the, when the sun starts going down, we'd go out to the lake. And uh, my grandfather had this bucket of, like, fish food. I don't know if you're familiar with this. And he would take this bucket and scoop it up, and he would throw the fish food out into the water, and just landing on the water. And all of a sudden, these huge catfish just start eating, I mean, just like all over the place, like bubbles popping up and all this everywhere. And so then we would take a cane pole with a cork on it and a big hook, and we would get a piece of liver, okay? Big old fat chunk of liver. Throw it out there right in the middle of the feed where all the, all the you know, they're eating this dry fish food. Well, all of a sudden, they've got this big juicy piece of meat right there. And so they would get a hold of that pole. The cane pole would pull down. We would haul them in. My grandfather would take it off for us because you can't get stabbed by those catfish. Throw it back out there. We would just catch two, three, four-pound catfish. And he had a little shed by the lake with an outdoor light on it. And he would take the catfish on the spot, hang them on the hook, and skin the catfish. Okay, this is kind of gross. He would skin the catfish, <laughs> cut their heads off, <laughs> and then we'd take it to my grandma, and she had a frying pan, put them in cornmeal, throw them in the frying pan, the hole where you just you take a fork and you eat each side, get some butter beans, some cream of corn, some homemade cornbread. Oh, man, where are we going? Where are we going to lunch? But if you're a, if you're a, a fisherman or a fisherwoman, you love to fish, and you just like catching fish. And so, yeah, it may be more challenging out in the Gulf of Mexico with an open-faced spinning reel, but you just like catching fish. Spiritually speaking, it's about catching fish. doesn't matter what kind of fish you're catching or what kind of water you're fishing in. You got to fish in the pond that God calls you to fish in, and you need to reach the people that God is calling you to reach. Now, there, there's a lot of times that I've gone fishing, and I haven't caught anything. <laughs> like we we got it real early in the morning. We put the work in. We we had all of our gear. We had the live shrimp. I mean, we did everything that we were supposed to do, and then we didn't catch any fish. Now, my dad and my brother call me the jinx because they say every time, they, they fish all the time still. Whenever I show up with them, they don't catch anything. They get skunked. So I'm, I'm, like, the, I'm like the jinx. But there are some times when you don't catch anything. And the same thing happens spiritually. As long as we are faithful to fish, 
as long as we are faithful to do our part, we trust God to do His part. Because we can't change people's lives. God is the only one who can go into someone's heart and change their lives for all eternity. He's the one who causes the growth. And so, a fisher of men church, a fisher of women church, we're outwardly focused, reaching out of the community, we're sharing the gospel, throwing the nets of the gospel, and then we are praying like crazy for God to move in people's hearts and in their lives. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3, 6, and 7, he says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. So that he who plants or he who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. We can do our part, throw out the, the nets of the gospel, but God is the one who causes the growth. He's the one that changes people's lives for all eternity. So why do some churches grow and other churches do not grow? Ultimately, it comes down to God's favor, the hand of God. God causes the growth. But also, the more times you go fishing, the more opportunity you have to catch fish. It's pretty easy to catch catfish at, at my grandpa's pond. But if I never go to his pond, I'm not going to catch any fish. If I go once or twice a year, I might, I might catch a, a few fish. But if I go 50 to 60 times a year, I've got a pretty good opportunity to catch a lot of fish and have a lot of fun doing it. <laughs> and it is the same spiritually. We're throwing out the nets of the gospel. If we share with, say, 10 people, so our church shares with 10 people this next year, we have opportunity maybe, maybe for, for one person to accept Christ. If we share with 100 people, maybe 10 people would, would repent of their sins and put their faith and trust in, in Jesus Christ. Now, if we share with 1,000 people, people, we might see a hundred people come to faith in Jesus. Like two people a week getting baptized and coming to faith in Jesus. But ultimately, God calls us to grow. We do our part, and we trust Him to do His part. And so my application today is, is very simple. I have two applications. One is for us as individuals, and one is for, for Cornerstone as a church. Individually, personally, where is God calling you to fish? What pond is He leading you to to reach people who don't know Christ? What, 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 what is your target area? What is your pond? Where are you fishing? And, and for me, it's always been a natural place that I am normally, in my neighborhood, all my kids' ball teams, working out at the local gym, kids' schools, 
Where, where is God leading you to, to fish, to throw out the seeds of the gospel, to befriend people who don't know Christ and invite them to church so they could hear the word of God and for God to change their lives for all eternity? You know, if you never put a hook in the water, you're never going to catch fish. And I'll say this again. There is no greater joy than being used by God to see one person's life change for all eternity. I said that when we first started Grace Stone Church. If God would use us to change one person's life for all eternity, it would be worth everything that we do. And that, that's my challenge to Cornerstone. It's so easy to fall into the trap of becoming a, a keepers of the aquarium church. It's easy to get inwardly focused. It's easy to think about our church and our kids and, and what we're doing and, and make it all about us. But my challenge is, is for Cornerstone to be a city on a hill, to be a, a fisher of men, a fisher of women, a fisher of children church that you would allow God to use you to dominate this community with the love of Jesus Christ. That you would give every man, woman, and child in this community an opportunity to come to know Christ personally. I truly believe the best is yet to come for Cornerstone. Let me pray for us. God, I thank you so much for your son, Jesus Christ. God, our salvation in heaven rests only in Him. Uh, he is the way, the truth, and the life. God, no one comes to the Father but through Him. God, we thank You that You allow us to be a part of the process. <laughs> you could have used any method to get the message out about Your Son, Jesus Christ, and His death on the cross for us. But You chose to use us, Your people, your children. And Jesus said, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Got to pray for each person in the room. This next season of ministry, this next season of life, God, lead us to the people that you want us to reach. God, bring people into our lives. Help us to be sensitive to your guidance, your spirit whether it's in the neighborhood or out to dinner or at the ballpark or at our kids' school. Help us just to reach out to people and let them see the difference of Jesus Christ in us. And as they ask us what makes us different and why we're so happy and why we're filled with joy, we can share with them the love of Jesus Christ. Got to pray for those people who are, who are hurting and they're looking for answers and looking for hope and they're looking for help. God, bring us into their lives so that we can share the love of Jesus Christ with them. God, I pray for this next season of ministry for Cornerstone. I pray that you would use this church to dominate this community for Christ, to see hundreds of people come to a saving knowledge of you. And we pray these things in Christ's name.
Thank you for listening today. We hope this message was a blessing to you. To learn more about our church or our media ministry, you can visit us online at www.corner-stone.org or find us on Facebook.